Next on BYU Sports Nation. After getting beaten badly in Seattle last year, why will this year's UW-BYU matchup be different? Kyra Songer is bowling out this year. As BYU fans, should we enjoy it as well? And is it Taysom time in New Orleans? Yes. BYUSN starts right now. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. What to do, baby? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is great to have you on September 19th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is recovering from his USC win celebration, jumping. So I'm teamed up with a man who still thinks Taysom Hill is the greatest player in the world, Brian Logan. Hey, man, I just want to... Thank you for giving me the credit, acknowledging that, you know, I've, I've been on the, the Taysom, you know, train forever. I think yeah. since 2013. I, I think that's when you declared it. Yeah. And it was a little early. He was a sophomore. Yep, it was. But, right. you know, I, I've been Team Tay-Tay forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you call it Tay-Tay, you know you're, uh, you know you're an insider. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That will be uh, one of many things we discuss on the program, not Tay-Tay, but Taysom Hill specifically, on the show rundown. Huskies radio analyst and former quarterback NFL QB Damon Hewitt rejoins the program to break down the matchup uh, Saturday with UW Washington, the man in charge of all the retro uniforms and helmets. By the way, we got one on the set right here. Uh, don't Beautiful. be don't be surprised if you see Brian Logan walking into the Bell Edwards Stadium with that thing on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk to David Almodova of BYU Athletic Marketing. And the winningest coach in volleyball today, Heather Olmstead, on the matchup with Utah tonight, who's ranked 18th in the national semifinal rematch with Stanford, who's number two. Two of the next three days, top 20 matches. We'll talk to Heather Olmstead among many other topics. But first, today's headlines. BYU hosts number 22 Washington Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on ABC or ESPN, depending where you live, and everywhere on BYU Radio. This will be the Huskies' first true road game of the season. Sound familiar? USC did this last week. Zach Wilson, BYU's quarterback, expects UW coach Chris Peterson to have his team ready. Talented team. Um, always really, really well coached. Chris Peterson's a great coach. And- they always have their their uh, team dialed up on, on all three phases of the ball, and so um, you know it'll be a test for us to come out and see how we can perform. And I'm just excited. Counting down to kickoff with Brian Logan and others will air on BYU TV an hour before the game at 2:30 Eastern, 11:30 Pacific. We're going to chat with Ty Detmer. We're going to chat with Jason Buck and Mo Elowinibi, the Outland Trophy uh, guys. Deep Blue will feature Dian Gunwoloku. It's going to be a fun show. I can't wait, man. So it's an hour 30. Show. Nice try. <laughs> I wish. I wish. With uh, Drew Brees and his injury, we all hope that he has a speedy recovery. Uh, the New Orleans Saints head coach, Sean Payton, plans to give the best player in the entire universe more snaps against Ziggy Ansah and the Seahawks this Sunday at 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific on CBS. Your Seahawks. My Seahawks. We'll we'll discuss whether this is the right time for Taysom to be the guy or not. I think most people think yes. Let's discuss. Number seven, BYU women's soccer looks to extend its 6-0 record this season on the road tonight at number 14, Kansas. Big match for the Cougars. They'll try and do it without starting holding midfielder Jamie Shepard, who earned two yellows for a red card against Utah Valley Monday. 
Listen to the game locally on 107.9 FM, nationally on the BYU Cougars app tonight, pregame starting at 7.30 Eastern time. And like Jerome said earlier, number 12 BYU Volleyball looks to lay the smack down on number 18 Utah for the fourth time in a row tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific in the Hudson Center in Salt Lake City. Catch the game on the Pac-12 Network. Here we go. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Last season, before the Cougars played number 11 Washington, we had a similar feeling to this. BYU was 3-1, and one, ranked 20th, flying high, a game off a historic win at number 6 Wisconsin. Yep. Then the Cougars lost 35-7 in a disappointing performance in Seattle. Yep. Now this season, the Huskies are ranked 22nd, feeling good. BYU feeling good, coming off of two overtime Power 5 wins against historic programs, one of which was ranked in USC last week. So, Brian, why will this year's matchup with Washington be different than last year? I think the the number one thing is confidence and the swag, right? And, you know, we kind of thought that BYU had that last year after beating Wisconsin. But when you look at the situation this year and you're coming off of back-to-back overtime wins, praise God for overtime, um, you have a little bit more confidence and you have more, I would say, mental toughness, right? Because you can battle through adversity. And so when you play these big-time schools and, and, and the branded names, if something goes bad, if you have a turnover, whatever the case is, you kind of already you know, start getting down and you start switching your mentality like, oh, here we go. And what we saw these last two weeks, you know, that didn't happen with BYU. So I think that's the, the, the main thing. Um, when you look at a lot of the younger players that had to play last uh, last year due to injury, um, those guys are they have a lot more experience, right? And, and these and those guys are actually making plays, right? We saw that throughout the year last year, towards the end, and uh, you know continuing this year. Um, and then it's home field advantage. I would never have thought I would say this, you know. Uh, I guess this early or when you consider how the fans have showed up the last couple of years. Uh, how BYU has played at home the last couple of years. But when you look at last week and how the fans stormed the field and the excitement and the buzz that's around the team, the community right now, I think for the first time in a while, that home field advantage will help this BYU football team. Nice. Yes. Epic. Yeah. I No, I'm with you. I, I agree on those fronts. I think it will be noticeably different because of our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Washington lost nine starting players on defense. That group's always really good. You dancing with me? Nice. <laughs> nice. You should get in the electric slide with BYU in the locker room. This is the first time you actually notice this, man. You, Spencer, Jason, you guys never notice. I always dance with the beat. I always notice. I just didn't realize <laughs> it. I think that'll be a big difference, right? Washington is always a good defense. I think they're a good defense again. It's just how good. It's hard to know, right? Yeah. They'll probably have several NFL players from this group, right? They're awesome. Also, the starting quarterbacks are different. I think Zach Wilson is significantly better than Tanner Mangum yeah. from last year. And, uh, second, and second year in the offense, right? Right. Uh, the entire, all the players exactly. right, have a little exactly. bit more experience there. Yep. Ten, ten starts under Zach's belt, right? Uh, Jacob Beeson has been tremendous uh, this year. The Georgia transfer from Seattle back home, right? But who they play, though? <laughs> they haven't played a ton of tough competition, right? Sorry, I had to First road game. The running back situation is different. BYU has a totally new running back, right? Yep. Um, MLP got hurt in this game last year. He's healthier going into this game with Matt Bushman. There, there were, there's really no number two like receiver, right? I mean, 
Bushman was kind of the guy. It was Bushman and Lopini Katoa had a nice receiving day. But I I think, uh, you know, Miles Gaskin was the number one for Washington. Savan Ahmed had a great game. 8.6 8.6 yards of carry and two touchdowns against BYU. He's now the number one. Yep. So Tyson Williams, I think, plays a big role in this game. Yep. I think the BYU defense is opportunistic. They forced four takeaways the last two games. That's been a huge story for BYU. I think it will be different. I don't, I don't think either team's going to blow the other out. Um, if anything, I think this is going to be another close one. I think it's fair to think that Washington probably wins this game by a touchdown or maybe even uh, – 10 points or something, but the way that BYU has played, been an underdog on the road against Power 5 teams and at home and played well in the last two, I, I think it's realistic to think BYU is going to bring it uh, in this game. And Elisa Tuiaki uh, comments on the difference he expects uh, from last year's game to this year's as well. I mean, it's, uh, it's the same type of offense. Uh, scheme-wise, as we look at it, uh, difficult to defend. They do a lot of good things that uh, spread you out uh, in the field in the past game as well as um, just doing a good job sticking to the run and, and uh, demanding that they run it. And so uh, I, don't, I don't think there's much difference in scheme besides just they do a good job getting their playmakers the ball. Okay, well, we will see what kind of difference there is. Certainly uh, don't expect 35-7 this year the way BYU is playing. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely more competitive, or at least we're hoping for it. Uh, on to topic number two. Um, we all know that Kairos Tonga is a beast, and he loves to eat linemen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and for snack and horse. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we've all talked about this, and, and same thing with Uncle B, that he has NFL potential. Recently talked about him declaring for the draft early. So with that being said, Jerem, are you okay with Tyrus, you know, basically declaring for the draft? Right now, this was news to me. Tuesday, he he said to the media and apparently the Salt Lake Tribune and Deseret News uh, that his intentions are to declare in April <laughs> or to go to the draft in April. He's declaring now. So are we okay with this? I'm okay with this. If you know Kairos Tonga's story, I think you're okay with it. This guy had a really tough childhood, basically homeless. You know, had had troubles at home. Was adopted into his best friend's family. And uh, ends up going on a mission to Wichita, Kansas, and now he's at BYU. It's just an awesome story. So if he benefits from going to the NFL and can make some money for himself and his future family and change his his and his kids' life, I am totally cool with this because this guy was going to go to Utah. Now he's at BYU. He's been wrecking fools for what will become three years. He deserves every good thing because this dude has made great choices and worked extremely hard out of a hard situation, and I am totally okay with this. Amen. Amen to that. I'm okay with it as well. Um, You know, it does something for you when you see your players and your teammates, um, you know, accomplish goals that you have, right, the same goals. So getting a Division I scholarship, going to the NFL – and, and these guys already know, and everybody knows, coaches, everybody knows that, you know, Kyrus is, is the number one NFL prospect. Clearly. And it's, it, oh, it's, yes. it's, oh, it's clear. It's, yes. it's clear. And for him to have an opportunity, like you said, worked hard to, to put us up in this situation to do that, um, it's, it's inspiring, you know, for teammates. And at the end of the day, man, you know how I feel when it comes to football. Football is life. You know, you can go back and get your degree College has been here, you know, 500 years before you were born is going to be here, you know, probably only a couple years after because Jesus is coming back soon. So 
go ahead and get your money playing. You know, soon, you, later, so, right? Soon, Jesus, Jesus is coming back soon, so you might as well take advantage of the NFL and the opportunity. But you, it's a very small window, man, that, that every athlete has to play professional. And so when you have the opportunity, take it. And, uh, you know, you can always, always come back uh, to get your degree. This guy could be the next Haloti, not a star Lotulele type. I mean, the next great Kalani Sataki coached. D-lineman, sure. right? Topic three, Drew Brees is out for six weeks with a torn ligament in his thumb for the New Orleans Saints. What does this mean for former Cougar quarterback uh, Taysom Hill? Well, yesterday head coach Sean Payton said he's going into this week's game in Seattle with two quarterbacks, Ooh-wee. Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. Brian, is it time for Taysom in New Orleans? Man, it's been time. It's been time. What? What? He's not supposed to start over it's, Drew Brees. He's supposed to start over Drew Brees. Get out of here. When he was I a freshman at BYU. <laughs> what? You say some crazy stuff. That's look, right look, up there. Look, look, um, I, I, so personally, right, when you look at how this offense is set up and how they use Taysom, um, do you really think that they can use him to his abilities, how they've been doing, playing special teams, you know, putting him out at receiver, multiple positions? Can you really do that? Can you afford to do that when you know he's the, the backup quarterback? Right. You, well, he's you, been the third got, string. Right. He's, he's, now he's been the third string. So if he gets hurt doing all of these different things, well, I still have I still have a number two in Teddy Bridgewater. But now, if I put him, you know, in doing all these things, if he gets hurt, who's my backup? And so, because he makes such an impact, and you saw what he did in, in the preseason, um, and all the buzz and all the hype as a quarterback, you know, trying to leverage the player that you have or, or any player to get the most out of them. I think you have to put him at quarterback. So it makes sense uh, for, you know, Coach Payton to come into this saying, look, it's a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a battle right now. We're going to go into this thing with, with two quarterbacks, you know, and whoever wins, whoever looks the best is going to get the most snaps. And so it makes sense for me from that perspective, being able to utilize him to his fullest capabilities. Yeah, it depends what you want to do with him. Do you want him to have the ball in his hands a lot, or do you want the yeah. versatility that he brings in all those utility positions? What I would hate if I was Taysom Hill is to be punished because I'm good at all the other positions. Right. Give me a shot at quarterback. The Saints are paying Teddy Bridgewater too much money to not give him a chance to be the starter. If I'm the Saints, I play Teddy Bridgewater first. So I hate politics. And, and here – and well – you're paying him. Use him, right? So Taysom's cheap right now. He won't be as cheap after Don't this care. year when he's a uh, free agent. But this is also a tough situation because last week it happened in a game against the Rams, a tremendous defense. You're way far away from home on the road, right? Now you're playing at Seattle, the arguably the toughest place to play in the NFL, um, in Seattle against my Seahawks. Like, that's going to be hard. Yeah. Ziggy is going to be chasing down Taysom Hill, by the way. That's going to be fun. In this game, that's which gonna is kind of fun. That's going to be really fun. Some teammates from uh, well, 2012. He, he could never, ever touch him. You know, you can't touch you, the quarterback. You still can't touch Taysom Hill, apparently, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good one. I, I, I think, is it Taysom time for New Orleans? I would give it a game or two. If I'm the Saints, I let Teddy Bridgewater do his thing. If not, like you know, you, let him mess up. Perhaps, right? And, and throw Teddy in against Seattle, <laughs> and if he's not good. I know the BYU fans probably want Taysom Hill right now. It makes more sense to let Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that's played in the NFL, yeah. has been a starter, to at least see if he can't be the guy. Uh, but I'm excited to see how they're going to use him. Uh, Reggie Bush tweeted the following yesterday. I can't wait to see how Sean Payton uses Taysom Hill this weekend. He's the human Swiss Army knife and a threat no matter where he is on the field. He's a blue-collar type of player and always plays with a chip on his shoulder. Hashtag punch the clock. Mm. So no matter what, Taysom Hill's going to have an increased role, I think, in this yeah, situation, sure. whether it's under center or not. We shall yeah. see. 
That's right. Hey, That's uh, right, Karan Butler. Question of the day, what will this year's uh, Washington versus BYU game be different than last year? Why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. At the Cougs are out on Twitter. Run the ball. Keep UW offense off the field. Make game a war of attrition. On defense, keep UW in front of you like they did against SC. Win on a bootleg play action or turnovers. So schematically, perhaps it'll be different. Is that uh, the answer there? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. I think BYU has been pretty sound the last couple of weeks. I do think Washington, however, is a tougher challenge than Tennessee and USC. So BYU has shown to be good enough in overtime to win. Let's see if they can continue to bring it this week. I will be convinced after this game right here. If BYU wins? The last three games on on AFR and even Countdown, I've I've given it to Tennessee, the win to Tennessee, given the win to USC. What did you do on AFR this week? Washington? I gave the win to Washington. Okay. You know, I need and one more week. Good luck for BYU. I need, no, it's not Game even. Day against. Everybody's Brian saying that. Logan against. All the, the fans. The line against. Nah, man. Nope. Nope. It's not even no reverse <laughs> karma. No, nothing like that's how I feel. It's how I believe. Right. So, but it's going well for BYU. So, so continue if, to do it. If, if it. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Trust but, but verify is what I trust. Trust but verify? <laughs> That's what my mother always taught me. <laughs> so this game will help me to not only trust but also verify. Coming up on this Throwback Thursday, we'll talk to David Amadova about the retro jerseys. Oh, we got a helmet up here. You, you may wear it by the end of the show. And how I'm does Washington compare this season to the team that beat up BYU last year? We'll discuss that with radio analyst Damon Hewer. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You can get ready and pregame with us for the BYU and Washington game on Saturday. Countdown to kickoff with myself, David, Dave, Uncle B, and Lauren. And Jaren will be in Spencer. Mm, Spencer, too. He'll be there, too, right? Yeah, yeah he'll be there, too. Um, Jaren will be there as well in the, in the back end, in our ears. I'm in your ears. Um, always. I'm in your head, Brad. Always, always, always. It'll be fun. You know, this is exciting coming off of the win against USC and uh, preparing to have another ranked team as Washington is 22nd. Coverage begins 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. During the summer, we chatted with him, and the conversation was so good, we had to bring him back the week of Washington. Our next guest uh, played at Washington, played in the NFL. His name is Damon Heward, and he joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Damon, great to have you back on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Your brother Brock, I think, played BYU all four years, but you never got a shot of the Cougars, right? I did not. Nope. I've been there as a a radio uh, broadcaster there in 2010 when you guys got after us, but... uh, yeah, I never had the opportunity to play against you guys. Hey, Brian, I, I was on that. I was on Brian that team. played on that team, so fresh memories for uh, Brian Logan. Yeah, that's yeah, probably the smallest on the field that you've probably ever seen. <laughs> right corner. Brian, Brian's five six at corner, Damon. So yeah, it was a fun day. Well, he got after us that day for sure. Definitely. Let's talk about this matchup. So certainly, last year plays into this year, but it also doesn't. Um, it's interesting because uh, a lot of personnel is different. Obviously, a new starting quarterback for each team. But similar in that BYU was feeling pretty good going into that game at Seattle, like right now. BYU last year was 3-1, mm-hmm. and one, ranked 20th. BYU 2-1, and one, not ranked, but uh, receiving votes and coming off of two notable overtime wins. How do you feel about this matchup in 2019 now? 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough matchup for the dogs for sure. Uh, anytime going down there to that hostile environment, playing at the altitude, uh, going to be a mid-afternoon day, so probably some heat involved. Um, so there's just a lot of challenges, and you're coming off playing a team with, coming off two big wins in overtime against two-story programs. So you know the confidence is running high uh, down there. So it's going to be a great challenge. And you know, as young as our football team is, we haven't been on the road uh, first time this year. Um, a lot of young guys again playing uh, in an environment they haven't been involved in before. So there's certainly some challenges, but this is a very talented. Husky team, they can get it done, but it's going to be a four-quarter fight for sure. Damian, with, with the expectations coming into this year and you know the, the loss against uh, Cal, looking at BYU and, and what they've done the last couple of weeks, what's the confidence level like with the fans and, and the community um, of how Washington will, will play BYU? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. There was certainly some disappointment after the Cal game for sure. Um, it was such a strange night. We had a two-hour and forty-minute uh, lightning delay, and it never—we never have weather like that here in, in Seattle. So, just an odd deal. Didn't play good in the second half, and, and lost that football game. But I love the way that we bounced back last week and got after Hawaii. The Hawaii had beaten two Pac-12 teams. They were two and zero. Now, Hawaii at home is not the same as Hawaii away from home. But um, I just love the way we played and just completely dominated that game. Uh, got that bad taste out of your mouth from the Cal uh, disappointment. So I think this team is feeling pretty good about itself, but they certainly know the challenge uh, you know, at Bay here this weekend. Let's talk about the quarterbacks in this game. Obviously, the hometown kid has returned in Jacob Eason, and after a redshirt year and transfer from Georgia, he's been the guy. And has played pretty well the uh, first three games, throwing for 70% plus completion percentage and seven TDs and one pick. Meanwhile, there's Zach Wilson, who as a sophomore is becoming uh, quite the playmaker for BYU and has a couple of Power 5 wins now. What do you think of that matchup at quarterback? Yeah, it's a great matchup. Two really outstanding quarterbacks. Um, you know, Jacob's played awesome here his first three weeks as a starter. You know, all the hype, the attention. I think he's lived up to it for sure. He's been very accurate, consistent, made some big-time throws. Um, you're not going to believe the arm talent of this kid when you see him in person. I mean, he can throw it like few people on the planet. Um, I mean, just a rocket of an arm. And, and really pretty good mobility, too, for his size. Um, now, Zach Wilson, super, super impressed with this kid uh, as well. You know, kind of a dual-threat guy. Uh, his suddenness, I mean, he, he creates so many missed tackles in the open field. And, and uh, when he's in rhythm, he can make, you know, he's really accurate on all levels, has great touch on the deep ball. So, um, you know, this, is, this has the potential to be a, a real shootout in some ways uh, because of the play at quarterback with both these guys. Damon, for, for Zach to have success um, against the, the Washington defense on Saturday, what, what do you think needs to happen uh, from him? Is he going to get it done more through the air or uh, on the ground running or maybe a little bit of both? Well, you know, this Husky defense is really good. I know we have a lot of new starters, and you saw, you know, Cal, you know, got had a nice drive at the end of that game to, to, to beat us. But, um, you know, we, we just don't give up much. You know, we are so fundamentally sound. Um, you know, he can't, he can't force the football against the secondary if he's going to have a chance. He's going to take what, what the defense gives him. And, uh, and, yeah, probably beat him with his legs because, um, you know, like I said, it's a very sound 
Um, you know, like I said, they keep everything in front of them. And they're just really, really good on the back end. And then, you know, defense, the front seven, um, you know, they're, they're very gap sound. And they just they don't give up a lot of big plays. So, um, you know, yeah, for him to, to have success and score a bunch of points, he's just going to have to be very patient. Talking to Damon Hewitt on uh, BYU Sports Nation, former Husky and NFL quarterback, now the radio analyst for the Huskies. Uh, some evidence of what you were saying last year, the top two teams in the country in plays allowed of 40-plus were Washington with one allowed all year and BYU with four. Hmm. Now, uh, Washington has allowed one this year and BYU has allowed three, so maybe behind that schedule. But uh, Washington hasn't allowed 35 points in a game in 59 straight. Damon, that's crazy. What is it about this Washington group that has allowed them to lead the Pac-12 in scoring in total defense the last four years? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt we've had really good players, but, you know, players come and go. The, the great consistency has been the continuity and the coaching staff, you know, on that defensive side of the ball. Jimmy Lake, Pete Kwiatkowski, Bob Gregory have all been here for the Pete, Chris Peterson tenure, you know, year six now. Uh, Kaika Malloy's done a great job as a D-line coach, a former dog. And so they've recruited well, but then they just coach them up. And we have a scheme. I think it's a little unique, a little bit different. And people, oh, it's just cover three, it's just cover one. But no, it's just, it's it's really awesome the way they match up with routes. And um, and that's teaching and coaching. And, and they just see it all unfold. And uh, they're where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. We're a great tackling team. You know, if you came out and watched a Husky practice for two hours, they, they, they're honestly kind of boring. Yeah, there's some team periods and some seven-on-seven, seven, which is what you want to watch. But there are so many periods of fundamentals and drills when they're working on tackling and their back pedal and, you know, a tip balls and all these things. And um, it just shows up in their play. And they just don't give up big plays. They don't give up a lot of points. They might bend sometimes. But it's so hard to score in the red zone. And um, it just, yeah, I mean, it's just it's an incredible defense. Damien, let's let's move to the offensive side of the ball and uh, give us some some playmakers to to look out for on Saturday's game. Well, you know, obviously the quarterback Jacob Eason with the big arm, you know, he's going to st- stick out like a sore thumb, and he's a big dude, all six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds of him. Hunter Bryant's probably our best player on the perimeter, a tight end kind of hybrid guy. You know, he's up six two, two hundred and forty pounds, and can absolutely fly for his size. Um, Savon Ahmed. Is a kid uh, running the football that uh, you know has electrical speed and would get him the ball in space too. Chico McClatcher has been a big playmaker for us for a long time. Was injured last year. Is kind of find, starting to find his groove as another playmaker in the slot for us. And we've got a young running back in Richard Newton who um, has done a lot of neat stuff here these first three weeks. Just a big physical load, redshirt freshman. Going to be a great player. So um, yeah. There's, there's certainly some playmakers uh, on the perimeter, but the strength of this offense is probably the offensive line. No one really wants to talk about those guys, but you know, four out of five starters back from a year ago, and Trey Adams, and Nick Harris, and uh, Jared Hilbers. These are big, powerful guys. Jackson Kirkland, freshman All-American. So, um, really, really good group uh, up front on the offensive line that that anchors this football team. Well, Damon, we look forward to a great matchup uh, this Saturday, and then uh, you'll have a lot of BYU fans uh, rooting for the Huskies on November 2nd against Utah as well. <laughs> I love it. 
Okay, thanks. Yeah, right on. Thanks, guys. Have Th- a great day. Thanks, Damon. That's Damon Hewitt on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, BYU, face, BYU Volleyball faces two ranked teams this weekend. What does Heather Olmstead want to see from her teams when they play? I'm guessing it's wins. What else? And it's a retro game day for the Cougars Saturday. What went into it? What can you expect? We'll chat with Damon Alvadova. This is BYU Sports Nation. Seventh ranked BYU soccer travels to 14th ranked Kansas for a match tonight. Listen to Greg Rebell on the call beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and on the app. The BYU Cougars app, that is. Yes. Welcome back. It's the only app that we talk Yeah, it's not on the BYU Radio app. It's locally on 107.9 FM tonight and BYU Cougars app. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Brian Logan, and Radio Vision on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's refresh today's headlines. BYU hosts number 22 Washington Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific on ABC or ESPN, depending on where you live. And BYU Radio. This will be the Huskies' first true road game. We just previewed it with radio analysts for the Huskies, Damon Heward. Countdown to kickoff will air on BYU TV at 2.30 Eastern time. And the best player in the entire universe, Taysom Hill, might get some snaps against Ziggy Anson. Oh, Seahawks that's for sure. This it's Sunday. Just, whether it's that quarterback, right? At 4.25 Eastern and 1.25 Pacific on CBS. I am going for the Seahawks, but I want Taysom Hill to thrive. What? But at the end of the day, you not win do, the game. You can't go for the Seahawks, man. If there's a if there's an alumni no, on the team how it works. by default, yes, I didn't make not the, how it I works. didn't make the rules up. Man. I want Taysom to throw for 500 yards and have 10 touchdowns, but lose. That's what I want. That's next. As mentioned, number seven BYU women's soccer looks to extend its six and zero record against number fourteen Kansas tonight. Huge match uh, in Lawrence on the road. You can listen on the radio as mentioned. Jamie Shepard uh, two yellows. The freshman starting holding midfielder. She's not going to be able to play tonight. Listen to that game on the radio. Number 12, BYU Volleyball looks to defeat number 18th Utah for the fourth time in a row tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific in the Hudson Center in Salt Lake City. Catch the game on the Pac-12 Network. When good things happen, it's nice to point in the direction of those who made those things happen. We're going to do that right now with what goes on not only with marketing, but the retro unis and helmets and socks and field. And that man's name is David Almodova, uh, and he is on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, David. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, I know it takes a long time to make things happen that matter. So what went into this (laughs) retro uni, socks, jerseys, field, helmet, all this this weekend? So a lot of conversations over the years. Um, We knew a few years ago from Tom, our athletic director, that this would be the 150th year of college football a few years ago you planned this absolutely wow so we started talking having early discussions and um, obviously we wanted to pinpoint a game that we would do a lot more than for the rest of the season and so the Washington game was one that we looked at as far as doing a throwback game and so conversation started taking place a few years ago Um, it takes a while to get the jerseys made and you know the way Nike operates it just takes a lot of time and so Working with a lot of different people, Mick Hill, our equipment director, um, he was heavily involved, um, obviously, and you know, with Coach and and everybody else that's involved with this. How's that like with with Nike? I always wanted to get a better idea of that. You know, is it you guys come in and say, "Look, we want it like this." Here's some designs that I had on a napkin. You know? <laughs> that's where it starts, right? <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so so how does how does that uh, that conversation go? Yeah, so just you know, we have X amount of color combinations that we can wear. And so um, as we talk with Nike, and, and usually that's done with Mick and with Tom and Brian, and so they'll have those earlier conversations that take place 
years before. And so it was as you rotate through uniforms, as you rotate through jerseys and colors, um, obviously the white one, when Kalani was hired, that was one of the first things we had talked about is bringing the white jersey with royal royal colors back. And Hmm. so that started, I mean, he's been here four years now. So, Well, yeah. What are those uh, color combinations, by the way? Royal, navy, white. Is that it? Or is, right. is black out of the mix? Is that still a thing? Currently. Currently out of the mix. Currently. Okay. okay. Yeah. It was in there a few years ago. When are we going to see the royal helmet? Tan's out, right? No tan? Tan's out. Thank you. Tan's out. There's, we, there's <laughs> Whenever t- I've seen anything with tan, I'm like, please. There's tan? Please, no. Oh, back in the... Oh, in the yeah. It's a, it before was a, you got here. It was oh, a dark okay. time. Oh, okay. It was a okay. really dark That's time. That's weird. Tan. Yeah. Okay. So who came up with it, this specific design for... And they, and let's let's be specific. It's not like 1964. It's 60s right. and 70s. Right. right. It was a combination of, of the logo and what transpired back in the 60s. Um, we had a committee put together as far as how we would roll this out and how we wanted the helmet to look. So it's just tying back to the 60s and pre- previous to that. And so it was just with the helmet tying into the 150 years of college football, the jersey. We haven't worn that jersey in 20 years. And so let's bring that back. Um, the socks. socks. The socks uh, were, were brought back in the 70s and 80s. And Mick uh, had those socks shipped and actually had to be stitched. The company that made the socks back in the 70s is the same company that made the socks for our game on Saturday. Wow. How did we track that down? That's incredible. Mick Hill. Mick Hill tracked Mick Hill. it down. Absolutely. How do, we, how, do we get, how do we get some of those socks? Exactly. Mick, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find that out, too. <laughs> exactly. How about the field? Because there's field. kind of these retro diamonds and blue, yep. right? So that was an end zone that we used back in the 60s as well. And so, again, meeting with our committee, meeting with our grounds crew to make sure we could do this. You know, it's a tight turnaround from last week's game. So with the field, so they're doing some magic to the field as of right now as we speak. So this is this is like a, a, a whole theme thing because usually and when it's you concessions hear like, too, yeah. right? And Absolutely. Stuff, right? So with concessions, uh, they're doing a two dollar hot dog. It's regularly four dollars, so they've dropped it, you know, fifty percent off. What? And so we'll have the hot dogs. But the food standards will be twenty nineteen, right? Yes. <laughs> it yes. will be nineteen sixty three. We couldn't bring everything down to fifty cents and a dollar. <laughs> so should should like fans should they come like dressed in like sixties seventies? Hey, 50s, 40s, 30s. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do that. But just in white. It's a white out. Okay. And we should mention Cougar Canyon's been a smash hit, by the way. Congratulations on that. I know that's taken years for you guys to organize. And this weekend, Ty Detmer, Mo Elowinibi, Jason Buck are back with their trophies. I mean, this is pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll have Mo and Jason both, you know, we're Outland Trophy winners. Uh, Mo hasn't been back to campus since he played here. Oh, oh this wow. is awesome. So wow. he's coming back. He's bringing two of his kids with him. And so Mo and Jason will be on Cougar Canyon with the Outland Trophy uh, for photo opportunities. Nice. Um, Ty will be with the Heisman Trophy in the Cougar Club tent. That's just adjacent to Cougar Canyon. So Ty will be there as well. Also, Duran Gray's coming back to run, oh, out, Dewey. run out the flag. Love it. Um, Kozlowski will be here as well doing some oh, other things. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love Glenn. Yep. He tried to kiss me on this show one time. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. So a lot going on. You know, game programs are also throwback. Um, cool. A lot of the graphics that we've done. There'll be some in-stadium graphics on the video board that we're taking back in time. Nice. Not nice. black and white? We're gonna, still going to go color on the video It'll board? be color. Okay. We'll also have some throwback music going on throughout the stadium cool. as well. Nice. So. This is exciting. Yeah. Re- congratulations on Cougar Canyon on the throwbacks. A uh, lot of juice, and it helps when BYU wins, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. David, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. You want to sign our Cougar flag? Have we? Have you ever <laughs> signed that? Have you signed that? Have you signed it? 
I don't think I have. Let's have you sign it. All right. I don't know why we're going to Hey, I got two points for that. Yes, 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 yes. The game where we don't keep score, but go ahead. Yeah, I know. Oh, we do now. Coming up, Cash Peter and making headlines down under. He was a walk-on kicker. What? Why is he in the newspaper in Australia? We'll tell you. And the winningest coach in volleyball is in the house. Heather Olmstead getting ready for the Utes tonight. Stanford on Saturday. She's in studio. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to the Cougar pregame live Saturday on uh, as Ben Bagley, Riley Nelson, and Mitch Jurgens, Greg Rebell, all get you ready for BYU to host 22nd ranked Washington Huskies on BYU Radio and the app. Coverage begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific on BYU Radio. Okay, let's get after it. Uh, Huge match tonight for the BYU women's volleyball team against Utah. Then they play at Stanford Saturday. And uh, the winningest coach in the game is in studio. Women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead is with us. Heather, great to have you in studio. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. You always bring some fresh swag in. So is this uh, this new this year, 2019 stuff? we got a royal game tonight up at Salt Lake. So got to wear it while I can. I could Uh, probably fit that, actually. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. That's secret that's me secretly asking yeah, exactly. you can take that off when you leave and so, leave it. So you got a rivalry game tonight, obviously. You'll look ahead to Stanford tomorrow, but uh these are two really big matches for you in the non conference. Yeah, we're excited to take our show on the road. We were on the road last weekend. We had a chance to find out a little bit about ourselves because we'd been at home for two weekends in a row. And so I thought we played really well this last weekend and are starting to hit our stride. So it's exciting to see that the learning and the development and growth from our team as we're on the road. So it'll be good tonight to see where we're at. So you guys are looking to, to do four in a row over Utah. When I played and Let's talk and, about that streak, right? With, with, Can we talk about that yes, one? Yes, that's a that's yeah. I I was excited to see, you know, somebody's doing something great with with, with, <laughs> with Utah. When I when I played it, you know, with Bronco, it was just another game, right? And us as players, like we we knew it wasn't. Um but still we kinda had to keep that on the down low or whatnot. Um how do you feel about that when it comes to, to Utah and that rivalry as you're preparing your players? It's a rivalry game. That's just what it is, what you're saying. So we know that. We talk about it. But it also is our next game on our schedule. So if we act like it's something more than it is, it could affect the way we're playing. So we, we definitely know it's an important game and a big game, and it's fun. We, we know each other. The teams know each other really well. And so we want to go out and play our absolute best. But uh, we're trying to just get better, and, and that's where we're at in this, this part of our season is let's learn and grow from this, but let's want to win, and we definitely want to do that tonight. Mm. Your team's ranked number 12. You're 7-2. and two. The two losses were to Marquette and Texas, both in the top 10 right now. Um, how do you feel about this group this year? Yeah, this, this team so far we've, has done a great job. I think we're, we're learning about each other. We're still forming. We're still developing roles. We'll, we're still learning about each other. Um, it's just been over a month that we've been together, so uh, I think – what we've done so far is is get to know each other and, and fight through every match, and it's been fun to, to see them play together and, and see what this team's going to look like in December. is going to be pretty interesting. In, in your years of coaching, have you thought of strategies to gel the team together, like more off-field, you know, or off-court um, scenarios, I don't know, like sleepovers? or Yeah, you're always trying to – not really reinvent the wheel because you want to do things that work, but just always trying to figure out this year's team. What does this year's team need? Because they're always different and year to year. And we had so many new players this year that we had to figure out uh, the fastest way we could gel. And, and a lot of that happened over the summer. 
And did you uh, did you float the Provo River? I yeah. think was one Always. of the activities. Preseason. That, that all matters, yeah. right? Oh yeah. yeah, it's a great activity to just be together. And you know, some people have fear of the rapids, yeah. and you're you know teasing them, and you're having fun, and everybody overcomes it, and it's like, yeah, hey, we just did that together. And I that's, mean, I know it's that's just a taste of the yeah. season, right? Just just yep. a little bit. So yep. we we did that my senior year, and uh, during camp, and we actually got to vote on watching a movie. Or doing the river, and everybody did a river. I don't know why. It's <laughs> fun. Dumbest thing. Awesome. Your boat was clear. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so mad. Uh, anywho, it was it was raining. It was cold, which is rare. It flooded when it was raining. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, that made it ten times worse of why yeah, they would vote. Anyway, um, everybody, you know, kind of ran out and we put, you know, our our toes in because it was freezing. And Bronco just came and jetted and jumped in and. We were like, oh, well, okay, let's, let's go. Make let's, a show. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Let's follow the leader. Have, have you done something like that? I get it. So I, they get tubes, and I get a kayak because I like to be able to maneuver close to them and then splash them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have that opportunity. <laughs> Talking with Heather Olmstead, the women's volleyball coach here at BYU. Cougars ranked number 12, playing Utah tonight. Uh, McKenna Miller uh, suffered a season-ending knee injury last year. She's the leader in kills and kills per set right now. How's her recovery and uh, leadership been on this team? McKenna's doing a fantastic job on and off the court leading this team and she's just been so resilient and with her overcoming the injury and she's like you said our kill leader she's doing everything she can to take the opportunity to just really enjoy playing volleyball again since she missed out on some of it last year and she really understands that you know this is her last go and she wants to be the best possible version of herself for this team so you had a couple of players who got to experience um you know opportunities to play with the national team what have you seen uh that's been different from uh, you know, maybe the impact of that play. Yeah, Mary, Kennedy, and Heather, we, I asked them when they came back to teach our team and present to us what they learned. And so they had to really articulate what it is they experienced, what they learned, and how that changed them as a person wow. and you're, what that meant coach. for them going forward. So when you can hear that and they can articulate that, then you know you've actually learned and grown from that experience. And so they, were, they did a great job teaching us, and, and you can see it in the way they play, the way they prepare, and the way that they really – came back with a love for BYU. That was probably one of the coolest things to hear how much they love BYU and appreciate the opportunity to be here and play. And there have been some cool videos that have come out with uh, Mary Lake and others kind of chronicling that, which has been pretty cool. Uh, you mentioned some of the youth of the team, the new players. Uh, Winnie Bauer, the setter, is a, a freshman. Team high 21 aces. What is it about that, that uh, serve and, I guess, uh, being a freshman starting right away? Yeah. Winnie's done a great job. She's like a sponge right now, just soaking up every little tidbit we can give her. She wants to learn and grow. She's, she's humble. She's hardworking. She's got great energy. And so she's just doing a great job, um, you know, doing whatever she can to support the team in whatever role that is. And right now she's got her serve going, and so that's exciting for her. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is about it, but it's pretty good. <laughs> There, but there's some special sauce to it. She's, she works hard, and she works hard at, at making sure she's able to serve you know, at the right times and, and help our team score points. And how tall is she again? She's 5'8". So yeah. it doesn't it, you can be a little shorter and have a wicked serve Absolutely. in the game, right? Yeah. Absolutely. She's a lefty. That's a little different, different look for people. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know that that's you know, the determining factor, but she definitely takes advantage of that. It's, it's always harder when, I think in any sport, you know, catching a football – Obviously, trying to hit um, a pitch, you know, from yeah. a lefty. So. From a left for yeah. whatever reason, right? For, for whatever reason, like my like my son right now, my three year old, he is using his left a lot more. So anytime he has his right, I, I you know drop the ball. If he has a crayon, I'm like, no, left. You want him to be left-handed? Oh, totally, man. Especially being a pitcher. Just, I'm just trying to retire. Pitcher, I, setter. You know, for sure. There's, yeah. there's certain We, we haven't had that. a lefty since Han- Heather Hanneman, so I'm like, I'm Minimum left-handed. Minute. Yeah, so I just... 
Yes, we got a lefty. <laughs> Love it. Right. And Kate Grimmer's a lefty, so we have two. Okay. So I waited that? years to have two in one would, year. Would you ever recruit a player because they're left-handed? Uh, yeah, it's definitely advantageous. So I think it, yeah. it's definitely, I mean, opposite. It's yeah. advantageous to be left-handed. And, of course, tonight Utah has two lefties on go. their team, both playing. Okay. Uh, what's the reaction, by the way, been like to your deep blue piece? That yeah. was an incredible yeah. story that I, that I had no idea about. Yeah. I learned a ton. It's been humbling. I thought BYU TV and Michael Dunn and Travis Moore did an incredible job telling our family's story. And to hear from people who you know, know us, don't know us, and just tell us how it's affected them and inspired them. I mean, that's what it's all about. We wanted to be able to tell my mom's story because it really was her story of, of courage and faith. And again, I'm humbled at the response and I'm grateful that we got to tell, tell the world. Yeah. And, and it was so well done, as you mentioned. Yeah. Travis Moore did such a good job with that and uh, continued with other, I guess, football stories for now. We're going to tell a lot of great stories. Yep. But uh, I think we kind of peaked on the first one. This was really good. <laughs> well, you. Heather, good luck tonight. Thank you, guys. Sports Nation karma to you up Thank at you uh, MU, Crimson Court. He likes, to hold, he likes to hold hands with it. That's <laughs> how you do it. Yeah, that's how you do it. Okay, good luck tonight. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Heather. Coming up, can Jimmer be the best in Europe? Someone thinks I think someone is all of Cougar Nation, right? <laughs> and which former Cougar put on his jersey again yesterday, and it still fits, kind of. We'll show you. This is BYU Sports Nation. Who is it? David? Thanks to today's loaded guest lineup of Damon Heward, David Almodova, and Heather Olmstead. The show is on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. Whoops! It's nice. time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU hosts number 22, Washington, this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific on ABC or ESPN2 and BYU Radio. This will be the Huskies' first true road game of the season. The countdown to kickoff will air on BYU TV an hour before the game at 2.30 p.m. Eastern at 11.30 p.m. or a.m. Pacific. Zion Gawolaku is in third place in the fan-voted Paul Horning Award for most versatile college football player last week. Nice. Cougars in the NFL. Drew Brees is out with an injury, and that means Taysom Hill, the best player in the entire universe, will have a chance to play Ziggy Anza and Jerem Seahawks this Sunday at 425 Eastern and 125 Pacific on CBS. Soccer! Number seven, BYU looks to extend its 6-0 record this season on the road tonight at number 14, Kansas. You can listen to the game locally on 107.9 FM, nationally on the BYU Cougars app. Pre-game begins at 7.30 Eastern time. Volleyball. Number 12, BYU Volleyball looks to defeat number 18, Utah, for the fourth time in a row tonight at 8 p.m. That's Eastern. a streak. Talent, Bye. talent gap. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a great one, actually. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific in the Hudson Center in Salt Lake City. Catch the game on the Pac-12 Network. Cougars in pro hoops. No, this should be Jimmer. This is about Jimmer. He has his own, right? Jimmer for that came Jimmer. in at number four. There you go. On the top ten list of players who could challenge for the EuroLeague, Alfonso Ford trophy for top score. Jimmer! There it is. Our rise and shout-outs. Mine goes to Derwin Gray, the doctor, the pastor, the author, the NFL player, who is going to run out the flag this week. He said, I'm getting so ready for... Saturday, BYU football. I used to wear this jersey with shoulder pads on. It fits tighter now. Nevertheless, I will be running a 4-4 with the BYU flag. Get ready. <laughs> so it fits, but That's he doesn't hilarious. have any pads on. I love Dewey Gray. If you were a BYU fan in the 90s, this guy's an all-timer. 
He was the Brian Logan of the nineties. There can never, I can no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That, you were a, you were a wannabe Dewey Gray. Don't disrespect him like that. I'm not <laughs> the same level as as Dewey. He is awesome. He is. He is. Uh, mine goes to somebody that um, still not a person. He's a kicker, but you know. Um, I know how you feel about kickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash Peterman, uh, who was on his LDS mission uh, in Sydney, Australia. And it was said that he was kicking field goals from the 50-yard line. There's a, there's um, a place with field goal posts. Yeah. And, and he, he kicked there. And, he, and, he, and, he kicked, and you know, 50-yard line, that's a 60-yard field goal. So, um, hey, shout out, to, shout out to him, man. I want to see it done in the game, though. Yeah, he, he was a walk-on kicker, has gone on his mission. BYU's got a kicker in Jake Oldroyd. They have Skylar Southam. Perhaps Cash Peterman is in the mix in the future as well. So that's, that's awesome. Our question of the day, why will this year's Washington-BYU game be different than last season? At Hansen 25 on Twitter. Zach Wilson is playing this year, mm, and Tyson Williams is on the team. Facts. And also BYU's defense is more experienced. Now one issue going into this game, Brian, BYU's banged up a little bit, yeah. especially at linebacker. Yeah, we'll that, see who suits up. We'll see who's good, right? And that's a, that's a bit of a concern, especially when you look at last year coming, you know, off of the the Wisconsin win. Guys got banged up, and you had guys had to step up, and they didn't have that experience. You won all these Power Five games. That's one of the costs, right? Is uh, you get banged up. Cost to be the boss. I would love to be in a Power Five league, but if BYU's not, I'm like, well, like three are good, right? Yeah. Can you imagine if BYU didn't play a Power Five team this week, and we thought BYU was going to win it and be three and one and ranked? That'd we, be dope, right? Yeah, we would be. That'd be dope. Undefeated, for sure. Yeah, we'd be undefeated. No, we would have <laughs> lost to Utah. What are you talking about? Uh, L.J. Pearson, BYU's confidence and swagger. We can do this. But our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, goes to at Twigger Stone on Twitter. BYU is playing better, and Washington has not played on the road yet. Cal showed that they can be beaten. With a solid game plan. Cal's a great defense, by the way. Mm-hmm. It will be close, and I think the Cougars have enough playmakers to win this one. If BYU is plus two or more, I like BYU's chances a lot. They they did that last week, and that was the difference. I like Southern Western Mississippi Valley's chances with plus two turnovers. Conversation continues 24-7 that on Twitter, cool. <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. That's it. Apologies to Dennis Pitta, your old teammate. No time. For Brian O'Jam, shout out to Sid Frazier. See you on the radio tonight for number seven women's soccer at number 14, Kansas, 730 Eastern. Go Cougs! They're lying.